Up next is Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show. Computers. Computers, the internet, and all things digital. That's what we talk about here. Well, this is Bob Lawton, and I'm here tonight uh, solo again. Uh, Jim is still away, and uh, he will be back in a couple weeks. And um, I was hoping he could be on this week. Uh, something's come up, and Jim is busy otherwise. I wanted to talk with Jim about all the new... Um, devices and services and goodies that Apple came out with on their um, California streaming announcement. Um, and I'll wait till the, uh, the next show that we so we can do that, because I like to bounce my feelings about those things off of him, because he has his own unique perspective about Apple's new hardware since he's been covering it since, well, since Apple started putting out hardware <laughs> that, that long ago, yes. Um, just in brief, they did come out. They opened up with a, um, well, they opened up with a lot of fancily, fancy, well-produced videos. Uh, and this was interesting because Apple used to do these product announcements in an auditorium with a live audience, mostly made up of journalists and tech people. And they would come out on stage in the kind of keynote tradition that Steve Jobs, um, started back at Macworld when he would do the annual Macworld keynote, and that's where he unveiled um, products like the um, original iPhone and so forth. A lot of new Apple products came out in the Macworld keynotes. They don't have keynotes anymore, and they had uh, press announcements, but they don't even have those. They have these very well-produced, uh, elaborate, probably very expensive uh, video productions usually done so far pretty much in the um, Apple spaceship campus down in Cupertino, but this one called California Streaming. I guess that's a pun on California Dreaming, although they didn't play the song during the during the presentation, the Mamas and Papas song. Um, they went one step further, and they did a lot of their presentations on location uh, and it looked to me like it was on some kind of headlands, possibly even somewhere around the Mendocino headlands, that they did some of their sections um, live in um, on location. And they were really impressive the way they did it. It's worth it uh, to look at the uh, Apple special event, as they called it, the one from um, last Tuesday, uh, whatever date that was, a week ago Tuesday. Uh, when they announced all these new products and services uh, because it's just gorgeous landscape photography. And they did a really good job of, of showing their new wares. The main um, releases they had were the new iPad Mini, which is vastly improved from whatever the previous version. I think it's been through four versions, and it's all been basically the same iPad with very, very, very small incremental changes. Now they've changed the form factor to be more like the iPad Pros. They've added the capability of the Apple Pencil, but not the original Apple Pencil, the new Super Pencil, I call it, the one that sticks on the side of the tablet with magnets and automatically charges by induction when it's attached to the tablet. 
Um, uh, Jim texted me that uh, this new iPad Mini, which we are both seriously considering uh, acquiring, will actually drive an external monitor because it, instead of the former lightning connector for charging, it now has the standard USB-C style connector, which will um, do video output from, from devices that are set up for video output over USB. And that's amazing that this tiny little tablet will drive a full-size computer monitor, which is pretty amazing. So iPad mini, and then they debuted the whole new uh, fall lineup of new versions of the iPhone, the iPhone 13. They're not afraid of that number, like some places that skip over 13, like uh, buildings that don't have a 13th floor. <laughs> And the elevators go from 12 to 14. Apple's iPhone 13 comes in uh, two versions, the regular iPhone 13, which comes in two sizes, the standard size and the mini size, and the iPhone Pro, which comes in the standard size, and the Max, the big one, the phablet, as we sometimes call it, which means uh, phone size, tablet-sized phone, phone tablet, something like that. Anyway, this... Uh, is also somewhat of an incremental improvement from the previous version unlike the ipad mini which was revolutionary in the way it was changed um, but they've uh, increased their um, the camera array the the size and and uh, quality of the camera array on the iphone and uh i can't even remember it's been so long i can't even remember everything but we'll talk about that in more detail next week most of the products they announced have not started ship oh how could i forget the newest version of the apple watch also um which um comes in a slightly larger size they've managed to increase the size by um making the watch slightly larger by a millimeter or two maybe at the most but they've also managed to shrink the uh the bezels the frame around it without making the watch uh, any less comfortable than the than the previous models were. So what they have is more screen real estate to play with. And they've done some amazing things with that. Uh, just a couple of things that I've been waiting for them to, uh, to do. Uh, it would just be uh, so wonderful to have these features. This one feature is that uh, before on the watch, if you wanted to uh, send a text message or set the name of a file or an alarm. Um, you, you could dictate it using the Siri dictation. And if you made a mistake, all you could do is cancel and start over again. There was no way to um, edit the text. And in fact, overall, the methods of putting text into the watch interface uh, were, were pretty hopeless, in my opinion. But now, with a slightly larger screen, they've um, done some remarkable improvements in text entering, including using the revolving crown of the watch to move the cursor around the uh, entered text. And then you can not type in, because they don't have an on-screen, on-watch keyboard yet, but you can uh, use handwriting recognition to, to write the letters with your finger and edit text that you've entered, which is really, it's a good improvement. I've been waiting for that to happen. So the iPad mini, the new iPhone, and the new Apple Watch Model 7, I think, is coming out. And they 
also went through a whole bunch of other things like their their streaming TV uh, offerings and so forth. But uh, like I said, we'll we'll cover the um, high points of the events on the next show. Um, what I wanted to talk about is just a couple of um, other news tit- tidbits and tips. And then I want to open up the phones because I know you loyal listeners always have good questions and have relevant uh, uh, ideas about what uh, what's important in your digital life and the um, devices you use and sometimes the problems you have and the solutions you need. Um, just one more uh, Apple item. This came across the news today. Um, People are always, uh, you know, trying to rant on Apple. I think a lot of times it's just clickbait to get uh, attention to um, advertiser-supported uh, sites on the web. But this actually seems genuinely good. Apple is giving their retail employers up to a one retail employees up to a one thousand dollar one-time pay bonus. Um, the bonuses will be provided to employees who have been working during the ongoing global health crisis, according to Bloomberg News. $1,000 bonus, up to $1,000 bonus. Retail employees who were hired before March 31st, 2021 will be given $1,000. Employees who joined after that will be given $500. Employees hired just for holiday shopping season will get $200. Apple plans to provide the bonuses to those who work in retail stores those who do online sales, and the Apple Care staff. Apple doesn't often give bonuses to retail staff. The last bonus went out in 2018 when Apple granted $2,500 in restricted stock units to most of employees. Um, and they were handed out after the introduction of new U.S. tax laws and were given to most of their employees below a director level. So I guess they felt they wanted to share the wealth with their employees. That's, that's pretty good. Now, the $1,000 bonuses will be provided as paychecks rather than stock, so they'll be taxed, of course, but still, I think that's um, that's a really good gesture. Um, are you listening, Jeff Bezos? Are you going to give your Amazon employees um, $1,000 bonuses for working so hard during the uh, pandemic when your business went up by some huge percentage? Okay, you know what the phone number is here, Jeff. Give us a call. Um, one of my favorite bits of software for Mac uh, is called the Daisy Disk. Uh, Daisy Disk is a really handy utility that lets you instantly know what's hogging up all the space on your poor beleaguered hard drive or solid state drive, your your uh, your digital storage. Uh, Daisy Disk is a really good way to prune out files that you didn't know were there and didn't know were taking up so much space. It uses a very easy to navigate graphical interface in the form of a large, like a pie chart, where each segment represents a particular type of file and um, also shows the locations of the file, so you can go drilling down into your file storage. And right within the Daisy Disk app, and again, this is for Mac only, uh, right within the Daisy Disk app, you can go ahead and tell the system to delete those files. And it gives you a very fail-safe method, so you don't actually accidentally delete files you really didn't want to delete. 
On the other hand, it just gives you a good way to get a picture of the uh, amount of use space and free space on your storage. And what's nice is if you click on one of the slices of pie representing a folder, it'll drop down and the whole circle, the whole pie will become the contents of that folder. So it's good for going through uh, space hogging files like uh, photo files, graphics files, uh, music files, audiobooks, um, any kind of uh, that uh, digital media, large PDFs, things like that. But they've come out with a new version, Daisy Disk 4.21. You can now also connect and scan cloud storage accounts uh, in the same way you scan your local disks. So currently supported cloud uh, services are Dropbox, Google Drive, and Microsoft OneDrive. After connecting to one of those accounts, you can browse the map of your account space quota, preview and delete unneeded files in your in your cloud account right from the daisy disk utility which is just a brilliant extension of this um, really handy utility uh, it's called daisy disk all one word uh, daisy d-a-i-s-y like the flower disk d-i-s-k um, and uh, for new users the new version is available for just about ten bucks which is a great price for a utility like this um, these programs that did this were, were usually much more expensive this in the past, but there's been so much uh, availability of these uh, programs through through digital downloads that um, the prices seem to have come down on these these one 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 shot utilities that do certain you know a particular type of function. Also, another program I've mentioned on here, and this one is available for managing um, your iOS Apple devices, but the program itself actually works on Macs or PCs. So if you own an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch and a PC, uh, this will really help you manage your device. And if you own a Mac, it works a lot better for managing those devices than Apple's own uh, software does. They've come out with a new version just recently, um, well, back in August, actually, but um, fairly recently. Um, and this is about podcasts, which have become hugely popular. Uh, and for a lot of iPhone or iPod users, in some cases, almost completely replaced the radio. Well, I was sitting behind the microphone here at KZYX. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that in general. Uh, but I think they're talking about um, commercial radio or radio uh, at large. But iMazing, the software, um, now has the ability to manage and transfer your podcasts between your iOS devices, which would be iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch, and a PC or Mac computer. And it makes it really, really easy to download your podcasts from Apple's or whatever podcast downloading service you use. Um, and whether you want to back up your podcast library from ones you've downloaded to your iOS device or quickly load podcasts from your Mac or PC to your iPhone, workflows are simple, easy to follow. 
using the iMazing software. What it also does, and this is what we had mentioned uh, last month when we were giving our tips about this software, is it gives you a convenient way to back up your iOS devices and have a lot more granular control over all the functions, including the layouts of your app screens and um, the uh, how you how you store and maintain your backups, and also transferring data from uh, an older device to a new one uh, when you acquire new devices. But this um, exporting and importing of podcasts seems like a really handy uh, expansion of the capability of this um, of this really useful app, including. Uh, Deleting podcasts. Um, if you use your iPhone as a device for uh, downloading and listening to podcasts, it's really it's frustrating to actually get rid of them. You have to keep going back and forth from one screen to another, and you have to do it like in onesies or twosies. You know, you have to go in and edit and tap and say yes, delete this one. Okay, yes, delete the next one. Uh, with iMazing. Um, Again, this is a commercial utility that you have to buy, uh, but and we're not uh, sponsored by Amazing or uh, in any way associated with them. But it's just a, a handy um, piece of software that I personally use and and really find it valuable and a great time saver. You can just go in and and do multiple deletions of the podcast from your device all at once, and it makes it much much easier to manage that kind of kind of listening that you do. And the same thing is true of things like audiobooks or audio files, music, etc. You can um, deal with that uh, very efficiently. And that's iMazing at iMazing, I-M-A-Z-I-N-G dot com. Check it out. I don't have a, um, a web address for Daisy Disk, the one I previously mentioned. But if you just Google Daisy Disk, it'll 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 come up. There's only one Daisy Disk that I know of. Um, this is uh, Point and Click Radio on KZYX. I'm Bob Lawton here tonight solo. Jim, uh, my radio partner, is off tonight. Uh, and this is uh, the biweekly computer show. We've been talking about some Apple news and Apple utilities. And uh, just one more bit of Apple stuff. Um, well, Apple software. They have uh, had software that they've been previewing and um, announcing for release in the fall. They have um, a new version of the Mac uh, Macintosh software called OS 12 Monterey. It's now been released as a public beta, which means that it's the pre-release software. But if you want to sign up and beta test it, you can get a early version of it to try out. And it's a good idea if you use a lot of Macs and want to see how how well this works. Uh, pick a test computer and go ahead and download it and try it out before you put it on your production machines or the ones you use for your daily drivers. Um, I won't go into any of, the, any of the details of what's different in the new version of Mac OS 12. Suffice it to say that the beta version is available. 
And on the other side of Apple's devices, iOS and iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, all the ones that are available for their other uh, digital devices running on the iOS platform. iOS 15, the latest version, uh, is available. Uh, Apple just released it, uh, I think it was last Friday. But uh, anyway, the day came and went when they released the latest OS uh, 15. Uh, and um, according to our friends at tidbits.com, which covers Apple software very thoroughly, Apple servers will probably be slammed with all the traffic, and there may be first-day bugs. If you're the sort who installs new operating systems right away, uh, they say, go ahead, the betas have been stable. But we recommend that most people wait at least a week or two. If you're particularly upgrade shy, Apple is finally allowing users to stick with iOS 14 and iPadOS 14, the previous versions which will continue to receive security updates. And this is new. This is good. It used to be that if they came out with a security update, you would have to update to the latest operating system. And they're allowing users to stick with their older machines that are running the previous iOS 14, iPadOS 14 versions. Uh, so they'll continue to re receive the security updates. We always recommending upgrading eventually when it's convenient and sensible for you. In other words, when you have all your files backed up and you're sure that your, uh, your device is running properly. They've really, really, really put a lot of uh, features, improvements, expansions of current features, uh, extra bells and whistles and some of the most popular features, granular control over some of features, especially things like notifications and do not disturb. If you've ever used the iOS do not disturb feature, it's all or nothing. Now they can have uh, a more customizable uh, a slate of options for do not disturb. So you can create essentially what are like workspaces, uh, which they call focus. So you can have multiple foci or focuses that allow notifications only from specified apps or specified groups or, or groups of contacts. So you could have a work focus and an away from work focus so that your, uh, your boss can always get through to you when you're on the clock and never get through to you when you're off the clock unless you have some other arrangement. Um, all these features are, are just amazing. I, I actually printed out a list of the uh, iOS 15 new features and in 10 point type it took like 12 or 13 pages. Um, I will not read them all over the air. But uh, there's been a whole lot of improvements to the FaceTime uh, video conferencing software. Uh, it now lets you bring in things like music or other videos or share your screen or um, uh, send links over the uh, connection, uh, integrate the calendar. Um, actually uh, have Zoom control um, over the screen when you're in a FaceTime call. Um, the uh, message app has had a lot of features 
added to it. Um, things like uh, uh, emojis and so forth. The focus I mentioned, which is an expansion of the do not disturb notifications. Maps has brought all kinds of um, improvements. And this is one of the, the um, features that Apple, when they first brought out their maps, there was a lot of uh, problems getting started there. There was trouble actually getting real directions that worked. But they've gone out and done a whole lot of uh, investment in their uh, Apple Map programs. Um, so they're continuing to add um, features uh, to maps to make it more useful, especially when you're um, in a new city uh, and trying to get around for the first time. They've added details like turn lanes, crosswalks, 3D views to help navigation. Uh, they've added uh, special features to help you uh, make uh, walking uh, using the maps more enjoyable, including using um, uh, AR features to uh, augment uh, augmented reality so that you can actually use the camera to look at a scene that the map is aware of and it'll point out things that, as you're looking around, uh, which is probably a handy feature. I'll be excited to uh, try out. They've rearranged Safari so that it has uh, the controls in different places to make it more usable from a handheld device, which I think is great. Uh, they have um, a feature called Live Text, an interactive uh, feature that will recognize text and photographs of, of all things. So that's, that's pretty handy, too. They've increased the... Uh, functions in the health programs, in the mail programs, increased uh, the capability of the Siri um, dictation software, including on-device speech processing, which is, this is really a big one. This is requiring a whole lot of processor power, so it's something that has taken a while to develop, but the audio of your speech um, requests is now processed entirely on your iPhone uh, device, unless you choose to share it, um, the power of the Apple software and the enhanced processors uh, enables the same uh, quality as what was formerly server-based speech recognition, where you would actually actually have to have a live internet connection to have the speech recognition software working. Now, it'll do it completely offline and so it has um, uh, support for offline support, um, uh, doing things like controlling audio playback, launching apps, setting timers and alarms and so forth. So that's really good. Um, there's a new service that Apple has called iCloud Plus. iCloud has been their standard um, cloud-based storage, which comes uh, every Apple device gets one and only one uh, your first free uh, Apple cloud storage account that comes with your Apple ID and no, after that no matter how many devices you buy from them no matter how much uh, you're a faithful customer of Apple um, you only get the original five gigabyte storage but they've um, increased the um, features of the storage that you um, pay for 
to uh, to uh, increase the amount of storage you have available over iCloud. I think we'll probably go into more detail about that um, later on because that's an important uh, enhancement to that feature. I find that it's really uh, good to have an automatic backup of your device going to iCloud. But if you have a lot of photos and texts and notes and things, you can run out of that five gigabyte storage pretty fast, especially if you have multiple family members sharing the same iCloud account, it can get overwhelmed pretty, pretty quickly. On and on with all these great new features in iOS 15, I would uh, recommend you go to Apple and take a look at the um, features and just get, if you're planning to update your device, uh, this is a really good overview they have on their website. If you look at the um, page called uh, New Features Available with iOS 15. Um, there's uh, lots and lots of them, like I said. Uh, there was one other one that I just wanted to point out. Oh yeah, translation. Um, uh, you can have system-wide translation. Just translate text anywhere on the device by selecting it and tapping Translate. So if you're on a foreign language site, you can uh, select text and have it translate. It'll auto-translate speech. Um, and it's just got so much more features than, than the earlier versions of, of translation. Apple acquired a, a third-party weather app, and they've bundled all the uh, really cool features of this these weather apps into the, to their Apple weather uh, app that comes on the Apple iPhone, including full-screen weather map showing precipitation, air quality, temperature. And this is new. It used to be that you would just get a text reading of the temperature, etc. Now they've got built-in full-screen maps that go right in with the weather app. And uh, it also, the maps have animation features that show the path of a storm, intensity of upcoming weather, air quality, temperature, etc., so forth. So that's a welcome addition, too. Um, this is KZYX, Philo, KZYZ, Willits, and Ukiah, point-and-click radio. I'm Bob Lawton here tonight, and um, we're starting to get some callers, so I want to switch over to the phones and bring up our listeners here on the show, as we always do. So give me one second here to turn up the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I want to make sure my, I guess I'm muted. Good, okay. Uh, you, you, I wanted to ask a question. I have a 2011 MacBook Pro, and um, I was um, on the Internet in a hot spot, and uh, something happened that has never happened to me before. Um, I was, uh, I got this virus detected message and my and my computer had this loud alarm sound go off and i don't know what that was telling me i don't know if it was telling me that the a virus had now entered my own personal computer or if it detected a computer on online um, I think it's probably telling you that, that um, someone was trying to fool you. You were probably on a website when this happened, right? I was, yes. Yes, they they have ways of scripting 
um, websites to do things like have your computer emit a sound. And this is um, a famous, uh, or I should say notorious trick of going to a website and having a little pop-up window saying, your computer has detected a virus. You know, buy our software for $39.95. It'll get rid of this virus that you've detected. And um, that's the only thing I can think of that would happen because the uh, Mac laptop would not do that on its own. The, if you were using, like, the Safari browser, for example, it wouldn't do that. It wouldn't allow um, a, a sound to be made like that or, or, or it wouldn't put it in that form. So um, what I do, when I, and I encounter that occasionally, um, the thing I do is just immediately quit the browser. Um, and sometimes I'll even go further and shut down the computer completely because I don't, you know, if they're trying to install some spyware or something like that, I want to have that not happen. Right, so that's what I did. Good. I, I got off Safari and I shut my computer down. You think I'm safe to? And I haven't. I haven't. I have to go to a hotspot to get my um, email. Sure. And I haven't even been willing to open it. Open my computer uh, that puts it online in any way, shape, or form because I felt like I would could lose a lot of information to. Well, just without sources. without giving away too many details, how how are you accessing this hotspot? What is it that connects you to the internet specifically? It's outside the public library. Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you <laughs> that, that that's run by the County of Mendocino Information Services, and they right. have very, very, very good uh, security protocols and protection against all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's good to know. So I would trust that hotspot uh, entirely. Uh -huh. uh, without fear of you know that being a source uh, of of malware or anything, so it's got to be uh, limited to the actual web page or website that you were going to. Okay. If you can remember what it is, I would try to delete it from your history. So, okay. So delete you, it from the history. Okay. Yeah. So if you can remember what it was, don't don't mention it on the air because I don't want people trying it out. <laughs> No, uh-uh. But I can tell you that a strange thing did occur right before this all happened. Yeah. So um, this, this, you know, when I was doing the search, the website that it happened on came up in the general search. I clicked onto that search, and there was a scattily clothed woman uh, in a circle in the center of the website that was a, a website related to dog breeds. Yeah, and, and 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 which was like kind of flashing. Wow! And I didn't be I did not click on anything when I saw that. Yeah, you know, happened. you mentioning you you're mentioning clicking on things, and I have to say that just jogged my memory about something I do so so habitually now. I don't even think about it, but I have. I have a really, uh, I'd have to call it a hands-off or click-off, a no-click policy when I'm going to websites. I try not to click on anything. And one thing I do just instinctively is as the, the mouse cursor is hovering over a web page, you know, sometimes the cursor will change into a hand or crosshairs or something like that. Right. And when it's not over something that's clickable or scripted, it usually just has the plain arrow shape. Uh-huh. So a lot of times I'll get to a web page and I will find an area 
that looks as blank as I can possibly find it, and I'll just click with the plain arrow to kind of make sure I'm not focused on anything that could launch some script or something like that. That's smart. And the other thing I do is when I want to go from page to page, I try to use the keyboard commands, you know, for the next page or previous page to, to go back uh, a screen or forward a screen. And I use the tab key to get uh, to change the focus, like if you're filling out a a form online. You'd like if you're ordering something online and they ask for your first name and last name, I don't click to get to the new fields. I use the tab key because it's always set up so that those are tabbable spaces. I did not know that. Yes, it's a, it's okay. it's it's a good kind of uh, it's good set of habits to develop so that you just don't actually and even more than just avoiding things like uh, malware and spyware you can avoid losing your place on the page or accidentally zooming off to some ad that you didn't even know you were clicking on because they somehow cleverly work it into the um, area where you click you know a lot of a lot of pages as well a lot of sites that have news articles and things will have an underlined word that you think is going to tell you something but it launches an ad it's 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 kind of deceptive yeah. So that's one of the things I do to try to make my browsing experience as painless and and uh, and and um, non-surprising, you know, <laughs> to minimize the surprises I get when I go to a web page, you know, unless I'm actually looking for surprises. But that's that's different. Yeah, no, no, I, I wasn't looking for surprises, but I'm really happy to know that um, most likely I'm okay. I haven't lost my all my sensitive information to some. Um, no. uh, hacker, and I can go ahead and get back on and do the work I'm, that I'm piling up because I'm afraid of it. Right, and I think that what you found was scareware. If it gave you a message about some kind of virus or something wrong with your computer and started playing a loud sound, they just somehow got unauthorized access to your computer speakers, you know, and made the sound play uh, just to make it more disorienting so you might might click and get all scared. You know, I would call it scareware, basically. Uh, nasty. Yeah, I know. Disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's not very nice at all. Um, but thank you for that. Thanks for uh, now I feel like I can go ahead and get the work done that I've been putting off. Yeah. And to, and to anybody listening that, that relies on our county library system for getting high-speed connectivity, it's a really, really good system. We're really lucky to have it. Oh, and one more thing. While you're on, I'm going to mention this for everybody's benefit, and this is something that I've been meaning to put out. Um, county of Mendocino now has a survey because there's all these rural broadband initiatives, you know, funding for increasing um, high-speed Internet and stuff like that. Um, and there's a site, uh, there's a page on the county website where you can do a speed test and report your data to um, the county um the county government, as they put together these proposals for grants to increase uh, broadband and everything, I think this is really good. Um, and when you get to the page, you can do it completely anonymously, partially anonymously, by giving the general location you're at. Or if you really feel like it, you can give them a specific street address um, so that they can start to map out what our coverage is. And and this is, it doesn't matter how you get your your internet um 
it will just report geographically what so it's going to mix in dsl and satellite and wireless and uh, uh cable whatever kind of uh hookup people have to the internet and the web address is really easy it's mendocino county all one word mendocino county dot org slash speed test all one word no hyphen or anything just s-p-e-e-d-t-e-s-t Go to mendocinocounty.org slash speed test. And please, everybody, you know, I'm, I'm kind of putting out the word to, to my listeners here because I think a lot of you people are interested in getting the best Internet connection you can. And this is one way that's going to help with that uh, the process, mendocinocounty.org slash speed test. Yes, and that would be good, too, for those of us who have no zero access to any um, um, uh, way to get on the internet where we live. Right, and I think there yeah. there might even be um, a spot for comments. Uh, I'm going to check the page, um, and you could say that you know I have to use the library because uh, I don't I don't have uh, uh, my own. Anyway, thanks yeah. for the call. Well, thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. And there was a caller that already knew the phone number, uh, 895-2448. 895-2448 is the number if you'd like to call and be on the air with a comment or question. If you're wondering whether now is a good time to buy an Apple device or wait and get one of the new ones, um, like I said, in a couple of weeks, we'll probably have a much... More thorough overview of what Apple has in the pipeline for new devices. Uh, I'm going to check the uh, speed test site. And uh, and see if I can uh, give you a little more information. Yes, MendocinoCounty.org. Speed test. Welcome to the Mendocino County crowdsourced broadband project. From this website, we can collect data about your broadband speed and create a map for your community that will help your community in efforts to get grants and other support to improve broadband for your community. Select below the action you wish to take. Please make sure that no one in your household is streaming videos or gaming while you take this test. In other words, do it solo. Uh, if you are connected to school or work, please turn off your VPN during this test. That's a virtual private network. That's what you would use if you were making a secure connection to school or work. Unless you enter an address with no available service, the address that you enter should be the address where you are right now. And you have a choice of enter my exact address, enter my partial address, if you're concerned about privacy, or enter an address with no available service. So there's the answer to um, our previous caller. You can enter an address and, and tell uh, the uh, county uh, for this data project that you have no available service. And you can also, if you wish to be contacted, optionally enter an email. And then you click Let's Do It and you will be able to participate in the uh, broadband survey at mendocinocounty.org slash speed test. 
And the site says, we do not use tracking cookies. We do not store your personal data or address. We will store your actual location and speed test results, but it will not be personalized. And then you can review the, um, the, uh, all the points of their disclaimer. But I think we should all do it. I'm going to start mentioning this, uh, every show because I know you don't, not everybody listens every time that we're on the air and we're getting people in and out randomly, just, you know, according to how long their drive home is. Uh, you know, we may have a few driveway moments as they call them. Um, and I know we have had in the past, um, those driveway moments when you sit in your driveway and you don't want to turn off the car radio because the show is so compelling. Well, we don't expect that all the time. But um, mendocinocounty.org slash speed test uh, for doing the broad county broadband survey. And I think that's great. I want to find out more information um, about this that I, um, you know, that I'm able to find out. Maybe I'll even try to get somebody from County Information Services on to give us some more information about how this is uh, how this is proceeding, how long they're going to be doing the test, and um, what we can possibly expect from uh, from the uh, speed test results. Eight nine five two four four eight. If you want to call in, uh, we have a few more minutes for calls here on Point and Click Radio. I'm Bob Lawton. Jim Hyde is off tonight, and we've been talking. A lot about Apple. Um, but we'll have to talk about Windows 11 because that's up and coming too. And a lot of people may want to um, understand uh, what, what Microsoft is doing with their premier operating system, which is moving from Windows 10 to Windows 11. 895-2448 if you have a comment or a question. Um, I did have a potential rant saved up, and it's about Facebook. Um, but I think I'm going to, rather than just go going off and ranting about Facebook, which, don't get me started. Um, it's not looking good. But I would like to send people to the current New York Times article uh, about Facebook's initiative to promote stories on the Facebook service that are favorable to Facebook. Um, they will try anything, won't they? Um, the uh, uh, idea is that they can use uh, their uh, algorithms to uh, favor um, stories that are positive to Facebook and uh, minimize ones that are negative if they even allow any uh, any of those. Um, but um, the uh, Articles called, called No More Apologies Inside Facebook's Push to Defend Its Image. Uh, CEO of Facebook has signed off on an effort to show users pro-Facebook stories and to distance himself from scandals. And it's pretty, uh, pretty depressing what this company is up to and how they're willing to just uh, 
go steamrolling over everybody's privacy and basically lie, lie about uh, what their plans are. For example, when they bought uh, one of the uh, big companies they acquired, it was uh, WhatsApp. They bought it for $19 billion, promised users that it wouldn't harvest their data and mix it with the surveillance troves it got from Facebook and Instagram. And they lied because that's exactly what they did. They mix up the data from all their properties, mining it for data that helps advertisers, political campaigns, and fraudsters find prospects for whatever they're peddling. Um, and they're continuing to acquire these companies with, without any, any governmental or regulatory opposition. Hey, we have one more call coming in. I want to go back to the phones and bring our caller in. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Can, is your radio on? Yes, turn it off, right? Yes, turn off your radio so it doesn't feed back okay. over, over our seven-second delay here. <laughs> right. It'll give okay. us a headache. Hi, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I just turned turn it on and uh, heard that... Uh, last caller talk about what sounded to me like ransomware um but i'm not sure i had something similar happen a few weeks ago where um i and it's interesting because this is going to tie into facebook yes um and i can say a little about that um uh which isn't i guess a common feeling about it but uh i uh, was taken over by this. Uh, I clicked on a on a video clip, and the screen was filled with all these threats, these dire threats, and these alarms, and send money to this, or you'll never get your information back, and blah blah blah. And of course, you just sort of uh, lose it then and panic in a way. But right, I think, I think again the. Uh, Tech that finally talked me into installing uh, Linux because I know I don't have a, uh, a virus uh, protection uh, where, and I've never needed it since I've had Linux. Right. So that was great. I just shut down and waited for a while and went back up, and there was no problem. There was no problem because it wasn't really ransomware. Ransomware is a pretty heavy-duty. Um, you know, ransomware is like getting a forklift to change a light bulb. It it takes serious yeah. hackers, and and they have to be paying attention to, to to go through with it. I just call that stuff scareware. They're hoping you click and send them money, so you can get oh. get their little utility yeah. or tips on how to get rid of your viruses. Yeah, and it's just it's scareware because they try to make the screen look scary. I've had the same thing happen to me, and I panicked. Yeah. But I just I immediately right. quit the browser and shut the power off and unplugged the computer from the wall, and, and right. gave, it gave it a while to rest to make sure that you know the connection yeah. had been severed and all that. Yeah. Another thing, uh, since you were going into Facebook, I think that's interesting because I'm the last person in the world I would think when Facebook first came out that would. It would join it. I trust the old man going. Uh, there's a lot of clanking going on. Yeah. Every time I say anything, it goes clank. Anyway. Um, oh, the clank. Yeah. Listen, we're, really, uh, we're out. We're out of time, and since I'm in the remote studio, they just cut me off at eight oh oh. So I've got okay. I've got to sign off for tonight. Check in in two weeks when we're back. 
This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.